0: I can imagine James Corden being offered the part of Clifford.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, because he's
0: he's massive as well. Um...
1: (laughs) Oh, oh boy! I hope his hope his parents aren't listening to this. Hello and welcome to the Danjo Film Show, episode 51. We're past the 50s, we're into a frisky 50s. As always, I'm joined by my partner in crime. He's a bit like Clifford the Big Red Dog. The more you love him, the bigger something grows. It's Joe Richards!
2: <laughs> you like that? <laughs> You've taken a lovely children's property there and just twisted it into something which is very, very wrong. You're welcome. You're welcome.
1: It's what I do. <laughs> it was good to see you, though, and it's been a while since it, since we had our fiftieth show, our fiftieth anniversary. Um, I know. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. But how have you been? Obviously, a lot going
2: on in the world right now. As as Ooh. as always, these yeah. things, right? Like just so much going on right now. It has been a while. I think it's just that time of year now where uh, scheduling and everything like that, you know, is 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 difficult to find the time where you and I have been free to do this. And to see as many films worth sort of talking about, there's been like a dry patch, I think, recently. Mm. Uh, a number of a couple of weeks, especially the week where Resident Evil came out. But mm. what is exciting is that I think we've got a hell of a show today, mm. and and that's the great thing. We've sort of held off, and today we've got three great choices to talk about. I think, which will which will be great to uh, discuss. But yeah, otherwise, I'm all okay. Looking forward to the Christmas break, regardless of what happens. I was speaking with my older brother earlier on today. He's like, look, you know, if we can all get together, great. If we can't, I will sit on the sofa and watch James Bond all day with Bailey. So regardless, I'm very much of that opinion, like regardless of what happens. Mm. um, I think I'm enjoying I'm looking forward to enjoying the Christmas break. But how have you been? Good good. You sound very swanky there with the Baileys. Very very
1: posh watching Bond. I I like that idea. I'm going to borrow that. that should maybe a martini really, it right? Be, like, yeah. oh, we know, don't like martini. Yeah. Um I'm good. I'm very very good. Like you said, really excited for today's show. We've got some big films coming out. One in particular, everyone's been really anticipating for a long time, Clifford of course. Um <laughs> we've also got that Spielberg film and the Spider-Man film but who cares about those huh yeah. um, no obviously Spider-Man uh, No Way Home been teasing it obviously you've seen it Gary seen it our guest uh, I haven't yet I-, I know but it's been so hard trying to avoid spoilers it really really has but I've been good school is finishing tomorrow last day mm-hmm. and then Christmas mm-hmm. Woo! whatever Woo! that entails yeah uh, school is out um, but yeah it's it, I, I've been fine you know just great to be back on the show really great to be doing this and yeah looking
2: forward to the rest of the shows that we've got coming out as well which we're going to talk about at the end. Yeah we've got some exciting shows this is a great thing about it, the end of year you know the end of year specials the Christmas specials everything like that I, you know it's a really great time to to pick up recording again. And the only thing I'm disappointed with recently is I haven't managed to get a hold of a Radio Times. Do you do that when you circle, like what you're going to watch over, like the films? Oh, yeah. And, it's, it's and a, stuff it's like a, that.
1: It's a Christmas tradition for everyone, exactly. I think.
2: Yeah. The only plus side is the uh, BBC Radio Whale show on a Friday, because oh. I know... That that is a very reliable source of what is coming up on television over Christmas. Oh, and really? um, from our good friend Gary Saymaker. Oh,
1: funny you say that, because Gary has joined us now on the show. We've had him before. We're having him again. We'll have him as many times as he wants to come on. He's <laughs> he's, a, he's our film guru, as he's called on BBC Radio Wales. Yes. You can catch him every Friday, uh, 3 to 4, with Larry Sean on BBC Radio Wales. And also, he's got some exciting things coming up, which he's going to talk about. So please welcome to the show, Gary Slaymaker. Yay.
0: Thank you, gentlemen. It's lovely to be here again
1: oh lovely to have you I cannot believe how long it's been since you've been on but it you know that's life isn't it it goes so quick this isn't, is it this absolutely it.
0: well we looked like we were out of lockdown and all of a sudden uh, work came in this year so so so, all of a sudden I'm not just messing about and doing stuff online or, or filling my day just watching box sets on Netflix or, <laughs> or drinking in the in the comfort and safety of my own home in my pants so all of a sudden I'm having to earn a living again so yeah oh, what a pain
1: what a pain man. i know terrible but there you go oh and yeah and speaking of work you have been very very busy haven't you um and obviously you are a man of many talents film critic writer comedian but you've got an exciting tour coming up haven't you gary well
0: if we can get through this christmas uh, yeah. and, and if, if the omicron stays you know not too vicious yeah um February, March, April next year. We're off on a a Welsh language stand-up tour around Wales. Mm. And it's kind of interesting, I don't know, it might have been that uh, my set for this run is the first time I've ever talked specifically about films and and my life and how films interact with them. So it's about a, well, it's a 20-minute set, but there's at least an hour's worth of material. I'm hoping to do a full hour and hopefully take it up to Mach next year as well. It's a Mm. McEntreth comedy show. Uh, so yeah, that'll be exciting and just to get out on the road again. And oh. these two, and these two characters we created during lockdown called Wind and Viv, uh, <laughs> two two farmers who are commentators basically on on just anything. And we did this thing where they did a commentary on a fashion shoot, and it just went huge. There's, there's over eighty thousand people have watched it since. Wow. Yeah, and, and the second was they're very very they're all doing decent business, and I think people just wanted filth. <laughs> filth and rudeness and swearing. Because they don't get that on S4C. And it's and, you know, it, it's again it's it Welsh but all the swearing is bilingual, clearly. Um, <laughs> and we just thought, well, if we're going out on tour next year, why not why don't we take win and viv with us to see how they work in front of a live audience? And if and if there's you know, if, if it goes down well, then there'll be a win and viv tour later in the
2: year. Oh
1: amazing, Find me up. get us tickets right now. <laughs> I, th- I think you're right though, Gary, because I think what everyone's been through the last, what, almost two years now, they love filth and they love comedy, and you've got both of that, haven't you, win and Viv? Yes,
0: yes th- th- this is it. Been, uh, my mate, Stefan, Stefan Evans, who, who plays Viv, just a naturally funny guy. The man has funny bones. So when we go and uh, sit in a recording studio with whatever clips we've edited together, and, and none of it is scripted, it's just we have a few bullet points about ideas we, we have for, for some of the things on screen. And then Steph does uh, does his best to try and crack me up. That's the whole point. <laughs> is he finds that one line that just and some some of those uh, corpsing bits that we leave in because it just sounds great with me losing it because it's such a brilliant line. <laughs> so it's gonna be it's gonna be very tough doing it live because he'll be even worse there. But but again, it, hopefully that'll work with the live audience as well. They will bounce off that.
2: Yeah, and what yeah. about the um, radio show, Gary? Uh, we were saying before we joined how it is the highlight of my Friday. And I'm Big not just saying that <laughs> to you. It genuinely, I wake up on a Friday. I'm like, right, that that is... Pinned in my diary, ready between three and four to listen to the to the film show. How many shows have you got left now before the end of the year?
0: This Friday coming is the last one I'm doing with the Larry because she's
2: off for Christmas. Then
0: the following week I'll be in on the Thursday the twenty third with Benaz, and we'll be discussing Matrix Resurrections on that one. And then my final appearance of the year is on the. Oh, it's, I think it, it's the night before New Year's Eve, so it's the 29th with Suzanne Packer, uh, and that's hopefully when I'll be doing my 10 of the best films of the year. Ooh. So yeah, there's, so there's a lot coming up before before I say, say farewell to 2021.
1: Absolutely, absolutely excited. We love that, don't we, Joe? We love the end of the year and, and choosing our best. I love choosing the worst. I love going after all the <laughs> garbage. That, that,
0: that was easy this year. That was that, that, was, that was Venom, let to be carnage. Oh. oh,
1: OK.
2: Oh, okay. I, I will
0: make my worst enemy watch that.
2: Wow, OK. Oh, my goodness me. Oh, wow. I hope oh, Tom dear. Beasley isn't listening. Uh, no, our I know. Venom super van that we oh, had on oh, our...
1: Venom yeah. show. <laughs> yeah,
2: gosh. I, I ho- hope Tom Hardy's not listening. Well, although he
1: probably thinks the same, I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, I'm he has. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, there we are. Brilliant to have you, Gary. And uh, yep. like Joe said, today's show is a cracker. We've got three brand new releases. We're going to be talking about Clifford the Big Red Dog, West Side Story, directed by Steven Spielberg. He's back, and also we'll be. Uh, also reviewing Spider-Man No Way Home, or at least you two will be. But first, let's crack on with Clifford the Big Red Dog. We've all been waiting for this one, haven't we, guys? No.
0: I didn't realise I had been until I saw
1: it. (laughs) <laughs> Here we are. There we are. It's a perfect answer. So obviously this is adapted from the uh, best-selling children's book. You've got Derby Camp playing Emily in this. She's a young girl. Her mother has to go uh, and work, work vacation. So she gets her uncle, played by Jack Whitehall, to come along. Casey... They go and meet John Cleese's character, who runs this kind of pet shop. And all of a sudden, they spot this cute little red puppy. They're not freaked out. I definitely would be. And they bring it home. And it just so happens that the more Emily loves Clifford, the bigger he grows. And he ends up being this absolutely mahoosive dog. Uh, Here's a clip. This is it.
2: There's no animals in here.
1: That's right. You said you weren't looking for a pet. And we're not. So you won't be interested in him.
0: Goodness, you're just the cutest thing I've ever seen. Look at you. Oh, he's so cute and, and so tiny.
2: And so red?
0: I love that he's red.
2: <laughs> How did he get that way? I don't know. I think he's
0: lost his family, so he's a little confused.
2: Poor guy. I'll be your
0: family. No, you will not. Please, Uncle Casey. He's so tiny, he wouldn't bother anyone. Mr. Bridwell, how big is he gonna get? Well, that depends, doesn't it? On what? On how much you love him.
1: There's a clip there from Clifford the Big Red Dog. So I'll kick off with this one. Obviously, this film's been delayed for quite a while. It was supposed to come out back in September. And then for some silly reason, it just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. I'm not sure why. But obviously, if you've seen the trailer, you kind of know what you're getting in for with this one. I mean, it's one of those films, right, where you watch the trailer. And honestly, it felt like the trailer being developed for a whole film. And that honestly, what it felt like, I mean, there are no surprises here all right? There are no, you know, amazements here. It's not a masterpiece at all. But I tell you what, I was in a cinema full of families, and everyone was hooked by this. Everyone was really engaged. They had a lot of fun. I think it has a lot of slapstick for those who enjoy that. I'm not a massive fan. But I was just watching it. And I just thought, listen, I'm not gonna complain about this. I'm not gonna be critical, because it does exactly what it says on the tin for me personally. Um, I think the cast are all decent. I like Jack Whitehall, and I'm somebody who I don't like James Corden. So I'm somebody that's obviously, you know, some people are like, oh, how can you like him? Did we need the American accent? No. He could have been British, absolutely. But again, it was nice to see John Cleese pop up. I mean, he did his two days filming Disney. He? he just came up and went and then came back again. Um, I just thought the cast were really sweet. In particular, I think Darby Camp, the lead girl, is very charismatic and charming. You'll know her. She was in the Christmas Chronicles on Netflix. I altogether, I just thought this was fun, upbeat. Family film, nothing really too serious, obviously over the Christmas holidays. Something that actually a lot of ages, age ranges of children can go watch and enjoy, whether you're young or teenage years. So I think it is a good bet for families who want to go watch it. And yeah, I thought it was absolutely fine. I enjoyed it for the time I watched it. Will I be rushing back and watching again? Probably not, but I actually really enjoyed what I watched, to be honest. And I know I'm in the minority there, but um, Yeah, I I, I thought it had enough charm. It had enough humour in there. And again, I thought it was paced very well and it just kind of flew by for me. So yeah, I really enjoyed this. But Gary, what about you? Did you fall in love with Clifford?
0: Well, yeah, they were well put together pixels. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's weird because it's it's not the most incredible animation for, for the dog, whether he's tiny or big, but it works. It, it works because you get to see the character of Clifford coming through, in a way. Charming is probably the best word I could use for it. Uh, I went in there with low expectations, thinking, oh, that was fun. I'm not the target audience, clearly, but there was enough in there to make me go, yeah, this is a great little romp. If, if I had kids, I'd, I'd be ushering them in through the doors to see this one. I'm not a Whitehall fan at all, or Jack, uh, James Gordon either. Funnily enough, uh, <laughs> but he was more than passable. You know, I, I didn't want to spit at the screen when I saw him, which, which, which is what usually happens when I seem doing stand up. Uh, but again, yeah, didn't need an American accent. The weird thing: his sister is English in the film, mm. so why you bother giving him uh, an American accent? Which, which I'm not sure it's it's somewhere between Texas and Alaska, as far as it's. <laughs> uh, vocal location and again uh, kids weren't annoying that's that's one of the things when you watch american films that the kids can be incredibly over the top and not here which was another plus point the gags worked really nice some of them thought are you sure this is a kid's film there's, there's a fight in a, a deli which is beautifully done and there's a, a throwaway payoff gag it's a salt bay joke it's uh it's jack white i just sort of Pretending yes. to flick the dust I thought, that's nice It'll, it, it won't it will be relevant next year But it just, you know, it feels good But yes, the slapstick's there for the kids Pleased as his contractual obligation I have another divorce to pay for, routine. <laughs> but in all words it, It's got that feeling it, It's it's part big, part toven With little elements of Paddington thrown in as well Just for the quirkiness of it Yeah, I, I was I found it very entertaining
1: Oh, Dioch
2: Joe, what about you? For me, it makes perfect sense they would actually be released this time of year, actually, because I do think it offers an alternative for families, as you said, Dan, who maybe aren't into Spidey. I mean, Spidey is two hours, 40 minutes. So, um, and 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 Clifford is 90 minutes. So I think it does offer that great alternative for families over the Christmas period who might not want to take their 10 year old to go see a two hour and half Spider-Man film or a Matrix picture. Um, so I do think it makes perfect sense they would be released this year. And I do think it does have a certain twinkly, magical air about it. I think the score has that sort of feel, like the, you know, and, and there is that sort of element to it. There's nothing in there to hate, per se, although I 100% agree with Gary. The Jack Whitehall accent, I thought... Okay, obviously he's plain American because the family's American. And then when his sister rocks up and she's British, I was like, what? Like, why? Why would he choose to do this? And I do think the Olivia Coleman clip, if you've seen that from Graham Norton, where she basically destroys Jack Whitehall like uh, unintentionally, but basically says, oh, you were doing an American accent in that clip. I think that's probably funnier than anything I I I saw in in Clifford. But like I said, I I sat there, it passed the time and what was on screen was sort of keeping me engaged, but uh, there was nothing in there to sort of write home about either. I thought it was perfectly passable and and inoffensive. I didn't hate anything about it, but nor is it a classic and I actually preferred Dora the Explorer. I think what what they did with that film, which is like fully lean into the children show element of it, like where they go, can you say this, you know, this word and everything like that? I thought was brilliant. And I wish maybe they'd been a bit more creative how they tackled Clifford, maybe. But I think it's got a sweetness to it and I think it will play well to the demographic.
1: Oh, there we go. So if you're looking for some charming family fun, take the kids to see Clifford the Big Red Dog. Moving on now to something very, very different, and this is Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Maria! (laughs) I just met a girl... Okay, I'm going to stop now. Joe, would you like to take this one and explain to us West Side Story, for those who don't know?
2: Yeah, so this is West Side Story, a remake of the 1961 film and the stage musical... Um, which I believe Gary probably will be able to tell me the exact year that the stage musical came out, 1957 or something like that. Something I imagine like he's yeah. on it, he's on the money there. I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I yeah, recently watched a video with Steven Spielberg and, and he addressed how he didn't feel he was doing a remake because it was a stage show first. But that this is Steven Spielberg directing, taking on the classic story of a community on edge. You've got the, the jets and the sharks. The jets are the sort of the greasers, uh, do the clicking of the fingers. Young American guys who are very angry, feel maybe a bit lost, a bit ignored by society, and take out this rage and anger mainly on the Puerto Rican community. And it's basically a story about Tony, who um, has recently come out of prison. He's looking to have a new start in life, and he meets uh, Maria at a dance, who is obviously Puerto Rican, um, and her brother is a leader of the Sharks. And it's basically the story of their blossoming romance. Will it survive um, with all these outside circumstances and and an all-out war going on uh, around them? Here's a clip.
1: Tonight, tonight, it all began tonight, I saw you one night. World a star
2: that was a clip there from West Side Story. And I was really excited to see this for two reasons. First of all, I know Steven Spielberg has been dying to do a musical for so, so long. To the point where Hook, uh, which is often... Uh, very divisive among Spielberg fans. I believe uh, Spielberg initially wanted to turn that into a musical. I would have loved to have seen Spielberg tackling, you know, Peter Pan as a musical with that cast—Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman. Can you imagine? And obviously, he has, um, you know, dipped his toe a little bit in the past. Namely, my personal favourite sequence being uh, the opening to Temple of Doom, which is obviously a, a, a big part in my life. Um, so I was very excited to see him take on a musical. I was also very excited to see how it would compare to one of my favourite films of the year, In the Heights. I have not got uh, a great deal of love for, for the original West Side Story. I've never seen it, so I can't really comment. I don't have that sort of affection, that that link to West Side Story. Never seen the musical on stage, never seen the original film. I've obviously heard the songs Um, But I've never had that connection. So I was going in completely blind with sort of no expectations other than it is Spielberg. Now, for me, I think there are pros and cons with this. I think the pros here are that it's Spielberg. And I do think it is Spielberg's best film in years. I can't remember the, uh, the last time I saw a Spielberg film where I was really taken with it. And I thought, yeah, great. Like he's back, he's back on form with this. I think the past couple of years, his films have been fine, passable, but like The Post, I mean, you know, films like that, they, they just sort of flew under the radar. They didn't feel very... Um, Spielbergian um, it, to me at all. And um, whether this does, you know, 100% feel like Spielberg's having a lot of fun. He's enjoying it. It's, it's been a passion project of his for so long and he's just having a blast with it. So, so I think that's great. Technically, it is tremendous. The musical numbers are just terrific. I mean, the opening, it just builds that tension. I mean, Spielberg is a master of tension anyway. We all know that. Um, but that opening where it just builds and builds, and because I've never seen the West Side Story before. I was like, where is this going? When is the singing going to start? Where's the music going to kick in? So I think from a technical standpoint, it's terrific. The music, the set pieces, the tension through it, even the performances, I think, are outstanding. I think Rachel Siegler is the star of this film. And I can totally see why she's going to be playing Snow White in Disney's new reboot. The opposite side of that, you have got Ansel... Elgort, who, you know, in light of recent sort of rumours and news, it does feel a a little bit strange watching him in in that sort of role. I can't say I bought the romance uh, between him and Rachel Ziegler. I don't know if the chemistry was there. I actually thought the performances um, in the supporting cast were far better than um, Ansel Elgort's uh, performance. And it did leave me a little bit cold towards the end. I must say, I think part of that is because of In the Heights, which is a film which came out in the summer. And I felt that film, you know, I, it, it sort of just really just kind of soaked into my body and my being. And it's just one of my favourite cinema experiences of the year. Whereas with this, I sort of took a step back out of it. And I, I was admiring the technicality of it, the mastery of it. But did I have that emotional connection? Did I, did I feel the music? Did I did I want to get up and dance? Not so much. So I think technically it is brilliant. It is Spielberg's best film in years. But from an emotional side of it, I didn't really feel that connection. But hopefully it'll bring the story to a new audience and, um, and people are loving it. People are absolutely loving it. I know how Gary feels about it, but I won't spoil it. But, Gary, what did you think? Uh, yeah, it's so, uh, an odd one. Because,
0: <clears throat> like yourself, I knew Spielberg had wanted to do uh, make a musical for years. I wouldn't have thought he'd have chosen one that was already uh, existent. So I thought he'd go, what, down the Lin-Manuel Miranda route of, let's write a musical and then let's put it on screen. And it's, it takes big cojones, I think, to take on... Uh, as as massive and beloved a musical as West Side Story because it, it's one of the you know when you mentioned great Hollywood mu- uh, musicals it's, it's in the top three probably it's one of the huge ones so yeah I went to see this with, with a little bit of trepidation knowing and I hadn't seen the original West Side Story in a few years as well uh, while going in to see it I was soon as soon as it started and it's the gangs and it's the click of the fingers and I Oh, yeah, I remember this. I know where we are. Uh, and I love the fact that it's still set in the 50s. But the fact that the story is even more pertinent now, perhaps, than it was then because of the four years we had with the racist What's It in charge in America. <laughs> uh, it, it just hits home more, I think, the fact that there's, there's division and it's division that doesn't need to be there, but it's just ramped up constantly. Um, and I think that hits home uh, quite spectacularly. But as you get into the film, it's those songs, it's those absolute bangers that turn up left, right, and center. And I'd forgotten some of them. Like, oh, Officer Krupke, of course. And you know, and as they keep <laughs> reeling out and thinking, oh yeah, yeah, and I'm humming along, some of them I actually knew the words to. And that's, I think this is probably why it just edges uh, in the heights for me, because I wasn't familiar with the tunes. And and they're not tunes that stayed in my mind, even though it's such a fizzing ball of energy of film in the heights. Uh, this one obviously has that dark last act, but but it's still, I don't know, a hymn of love to New York and t- to just life itself, I think, uh, West Side Story. I know you mentioned there, Joe, that you weren't convinced by the chemistry between the lovers. It, weirdly enough, the original pairing, uh, Natalie Wood and Richard Beamer, I've always found them really insipid. I couldn't understand, <laughs> couldn't understand one how they managed to find each other and two why they'd be together. Whereas I felt these two worked. And it's the first time. It is the actual definition of love at first sight when they're in the dance and there's all this action, there's people whirling around, and yet all they can see is each other. Everything else is just background noise. You just get that perfect shot of the two of them staring at each other. And I thought, that's it. That's that's the heart and soul of this film. In one or two seconds of filmmaking. And that's why you let Spielberg do films like this, because he just says it all with so little. And it's, again, coming back to the director, it's the roving, constant roving camera that just adds again. It it, it lifts it out from being a stage musical and makes you feel you're watching a proper cinema film with music added. Yeah, I just thought it was splendid, honestly.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you, Joe, completely. I, I really agree with you. I think Spielberg, you know, the cinematography... The choreography, the dance sequences—you know—you're right, and I think just the stunning visuals really make it just terrific to watch on the big screen. And I sat there, I was thinking, "Oh my goodness, I'm so glad this was released in cinemas uh, because it has that quality. It really, really does." And I, I was—I really was, you know, wept up in it. I was blown away at a certain points. I think what it does really well is that you know, the kind of the drama, the dramatic moments of it. You know, like Joe said, the opening sequence where you feel the confrontation building between these two gangs, yeah, um, and all, all around it, really kind of top issue of you know you don't belong in this country well i, I was born here you know back and forth i, I love that i thought even though it's set in the 50s that was so relevant what's going on right now um so that was great i thought the drama i thought the tension was was built really well i have seen the original but i saw it so many years ago and it isn't my favorite musical at all and i and that still stands today i i I mean, there are some of the songs I really enjoy. There are some that I could pass on um, and that's just it as a musical. But I thought the story, I thought that, you know, how kind of it does get political and it does use that in the film, I thought was really interesting. The cast. I disagree actually with Ansel Ergot. I thought he was actually excellent in this. And I'm going to say it because I know a lot of reviews have said, well, the film's amazing, but Ansel Ergot, you know, what he's done in whatever, you know, what he's done is he's done. I came to watch him play that character I thought he was terrific. There's a scene at the end, towards the end of the film where he breaks down, and it, I had goosebumps. I thought he was great, and like him and Rachel Ziegler, I thought they had really nice chemistry. Like Gary said, I really, really bought that they like fell in love at first sight, and I think that's a such a, a really in, kind of funny concept nowadays. But you bought it completely in the '50s and in the setting, and that scene where they're kind of um, on, on the balcony outside her house, you know, and they're singing to each other. I thought it was great. And for me in particular, uh, Anita, the one plays Anita, um, Ariana Debosi, I thought she was terrific. I thought she was, stole every scene she was in um, because I think Spielberg gave her a really good backstory. And I think for me, the cast, I think if each character had a, were fleshed out a little bit more, a little bit more backstory, um, I think I would have connected with each of them. But for me, uh, Anita, I, I fell in love with, I thought she was just great in every scene. And I mean, my heart, you know, my heart really fell for it. So I enjoyed this. I thought it's its a very polished, clean adaption um, of the, uh, you know, previous film I think the choreography is great the visuals are fantastic um, I'm not a massive fan of all the songs and I think there were moments for me where I kind of lost engagement um, just because then some of them are not my cup of tea um, but I think if you're a fan of the stage play or, or the mu- previous musical I think you're gonna leap this up and, and I hope people watch it because it hasn't been doing very well in America but I hope people make the effort to go out and watch it especially if you don't fancy a bit of Spider-Man uh, this weekend.
2: So we've actually had some comments come through on Twitter for West Side Story. We always do this before we record a show. Ask uh, our Twitter followers what they thought of the films that we're reviewing. Uh, we've had a few come through for West Side Story. At The Flicks, who are at The Flicks Pod, say it was brilliant. As good as the original and what in the heights should have been this summer. Oh, Ooh, that, you don't so like that. sure about that. You don't um, like that. Not so sure. We'll, we'll we'll catch up at the flicks. We'll catch up. Um, <laughs> our uh, good friend Josh Barton, Barton J two four one zero, said it's brilliant. I Thought Steven Spielberg absolutely nailed his first go at a full on musical, creating movie magic with sensational musical numbers and a powerful narrative. He's the king for a reason, and I just got images of Spielberg like. Being like a bit of a gangster on that. Yeah.
1: You know? Oh, I, I was going to say I've got pictures of him being like a real highness, like "Good day, yeah. Your Majesty." You yeah. know, like
2: the biggie, the image of Biggie, and he's wearing the crown. That Spielberg. Okay. Um, uh, finally, we've got uh, Dom Holder, who says uh, really enjoyed it. I'm a big fan of the original, uh, so was quite nervous going in, uh, but it was brilliantly done, and I really hope more people go and see it because, from a cinematic point of view, it's pretty spot on, and I think that ties in nice with what you were saying, Dan.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for all your feedback there and all your um opinions for that. Brilliant. Going on there from West Side Story, it's time to talk about the film that everyone's been waiting for. Spider-Man No Way Home. Now, do either of you want to take this story or shall I quickly describe it without as, as little spoilers as I can?
0: <laughs> I was I was gonna say if you're asking me, uh, can you can you do the uh, the spoiler-free review, Gary? And I, I got yes, Spidey gets into trouble. Then, <laughs> that, that's, that, that's pretty yes i mean yes obviously if you've seen the trailer there are limits really you can talk about the idea being that because this film starts the second after far from home finishes with the idea that uh jake gyllenhaal's mysterio the character from the last film tells the world that spider-man is actually peter parker and then we're off and it's it's not just Peter himself, who's in trouble from the start this firm. MG, his girlfriend, and Aunt May are dragged into as well. So in order to protect his family, Peter has a a blinding idea of going to see Doctor Strange and saying, can you cast sort of a spell that will make everyone in the world forget that I'm Spider-Man? And Doctor says, yeah, I can do that for you. Except then, of course... Peter has to add little conditions to this spell. He goes, oh, oh, uh, can my best friend still remember me? Oh, can my auntie maid still remember me? Oh, uh, can... And of course, this leads to the spell going very, very, very wrong. And what what ends up from this is that all of a sudden, these baddies start appearing on screen that Peter Parker has never seen before, except we, as the audience, have seen every one of them before. And then things get crazy and that's what I have to stop because it's spoiler alert then.
1: Oh, that was brilliant. I tell oh, you okay. what, Gary, if I'm ever on sick leave, you're coming in, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was great, yeah. It's, it's really tough without spoilers, isn't it? Mm. Um, but here is a clip of Spider-Man No Way Home. You ready? I'm ready. Nice knowing you, Spider-Man. Wait, excuse me? The entire world's about to forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Everyone? Uh, can't some people still know? That's not how the spell works. So my girlfriend's just going to forget about everything we've been through? I mean, is she even going to be my girlfriend? All right, fine. <laughs> Everyone in the world's going to forget that you're Spider-Man, except your girlfriend. Thank you so much, Seth. Oh, my God, Ned. Okay, let's not change the parameters of this spell anymore while I'm Okay, I'm done, away. I'm done. I-, I swear I'm done, I'm done.
0: Now, ah, But my Aunt May should really know.
1: Did Aunt May Aunt May you just stop talking? me? that was a clip there from spider-man no way home there just want to point out this is doing amazing at the box office right now i mean it's i think it's gross the highest box office first day in, in 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 history i think it grows 7.6 million in the uk on its first day which is set a new record apparently so it's amazing that people are coming out to the cinema i think it's going to do a lot of favors like bond did like doom did but gary because you gave such a, a lovely uh, plot synopsis there start us off what what did you think after all these months of watching the trailer and all this hype what did you think
0: It's it's kind of weird because everyone keeps saying oh Batman, Superman, those are the two guys that you'd you know leave the house on crutches to go and see. I I think Spider Man is people's favourite superhero it's it's been proved and Tom Holland has just done such a beautiful job since he's turned up in the MCU and yeah this one I was excited about obviously I've read every rumour out there I'd heard all the stories oh such and such will be in such and such will be in and you go yeah well let's let's see let's see what happens the one thing I can say that added so much to to my viewing was the audience because I saw it half past nine on Wednesday morning at Sydney World Cardiff and the place was just rammed with Marvel fans and every reveal, every Easter egg, every new thing that appeared on screen was g- greeted with whoops and applause like I've never heard before. And it just made the film even more special, as far as I'm It is probably the, the best experience I've had in the cinema in years. So thank you to, to that gang that turned up at half nine Wednesday morning. Um, <laughs> it's just, I mean, I see Sorry, you don't know where to start when you talk about this. because <laughs> We're gonna be here for
1: two hours, uh, I think.
0: (laughs) Because as soon as you say one thing, it's it's like it's like ka plunk. You pull one little pin down, bang it all follows up. All I can say is uh, in the first five minutes, ten minutes, when when Spidey gets legal advice, that's the first big whoop of the film. And obviously, going, Yes. All this really comes from how well Marvel have prepared for phase four over the last two years. Uh, it starts with one division. Uh, I suppose really uh, the the film, the the thing that really leads into this is the series Loki on Disney Plus, because the final episode of Loki created the multiverse, the idea that there are hundreds of thousands of Earths all slightly different from each other. So all of a sudden, this is now part of Marvel's canon when it comes to going forward. And this is the properly the first from the MCU to deal with the idea of, right, we've got a multiverse, let's go play in it. Uh, And you can sit through the film and go, that's incredibly self-referential, or that's very meta, or you've done that for the fanboys, but they juggle it so amazingly well that you just have to take your hat off to Kevin Feige and the rest of the team, because they've come up with something, I think, extraordinary with this film. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to see it again, to be honest. I loved it.
1: I can't wait to see it the first time. I, I just, I, I, honestly, it's one of those things. It's like it's like waiting for Christmas Day, isn't it? Everyone is talking about it. Everyone is saying, oh, you have to go watch it. But I'm, I'm buzzing to see it. Joe, same with you. I know you saw it opening day, didn't you? Um, yeah. You, you, you had a packed crowd. How was it for you?
2: Yeah, so again, I saw it in Cineworld Cardiff. I saw it at 7 o'clock uh, yesterday evening, and it was still packed to the rafters. And... What's interesting was uh, the night before I saw West Side Story, there were about four people, same screen, uh, super screen, uh, four people in West Side Story with me. And then yesterday, you just could not move. You know, it was one of those awkward things. Who's cup holder? It was just packed uh, to the rafters, which was lovely to see. Same as Gary, really. I was especially excited for yesterday because over lockdown, uh, Hannah, uh, my girlfriend, who I've been with for a while now, she never liked Marvel. She'd seen Guardians, but otherwise she was like, oh, Marvel, oh, it's, 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 it's awful, it just looks rubbish. And I was like, right, over lockdown, I kept mentioning Thanos, I was like, this is like uh, Endgame. Dropping the hints, and then I was like, "Let's just watch them." So every night over lockdown, we watched uh, a Marvel. And now she's like a bigger fan than me. She's like, "Did you spot this uh, Easter egg at this moment?" I'm like, "No, I didn't see that. That's not fair." I, I I liked it first, but obviously she's never had those big experiences. She's never had the End Game experience, uh, which Dan we saw together a midnight show in it and. Did the whoops and the hollers and everything like that. Oh, that. I tell you what, I've never
1: been so sweaty in all my life. I, I be, could like pull yeah, myself right. out from the seat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was iconic. Um, yeah. So for her to get that experience, and I knew she was going to have that experience yesterday, um, I was excited for her. I was on edge. Like, it's a good thing I'm not into sport really because my, my brother's a sport fanatics and I've how, seen how they get, you know, FA Cup and all this business. I was like, how can you get so worked up? Last night I was worked up, like we were running late. I was like, oh no, like I was on edge. I was like, I need to get into the seat. I want to be there early. So like everything is settled and everything's ready to go. It was that excitement that I knew that she was going to get that, hopefully that she was going to get that experience of those reveals, those Easter eggs that Gary mentioned. And without spoiling anything, they were there, and everything that I wanted to happen, did happen. And as Gary rightly said, twenty minutes into the film, I literally said, "Oh my god!" and grabbed <laughs> Hannah's arm because uh, there, there was a moment where I, was like, I can't believe this is actually happening. And, and yeah, it, I, I was just blown away, in the, like the whoops, the hollering, it just adds to that experience. And I think. Mm. That's the thing with Marvel these days. Uh, you know, I've done a few podcasts in the past with Nick from Wells in the movies. And I remember talking with him before about those cinema experiences. And he said to me, you know, before back in the day, that would be Star Wars or something that, you know, you go see Star Wars and, and that would be the experience. Not so much these days. Marvel have have basically taken that and run with it. And, you know, they are the crowd pleasers at the moment. These big, blockbusters which everybody you know a massive audience is just so invested in um these characters that that when they do these reveals and, and, when, and when they play to the crowd so well and give them what they want it's just a magical thing and, and that's how hannah described it afterwards yesterday she was like that was a bit magical like seeing everybody getting so excited but that said even without the reveals i think it worked extremely well in the Spider-Man canon because I think forget the the twists and the turns um, and the return of the villains at at its heart it's got the some of the emotional beats in the Spider-Man you know history that have been missing so far uh, from these two previous films and you know certain lines and everything like that and I think even take away all the villains And it works on an emotional level um, better probably than the last two Spider-Man films have. And like Gary said, Tom Holland, I think is brilliant Spider-Man. I think Zendaya is a great MJ. Obviously they've got chemistry (laughs) because uh, we all know why. Yeah, it just worked. I just thought it was, I mean, I gave her a five star because I came out of it and I thought there was nothing within that film where I, I I was a bit like oh that didn't really work for me or anything I I was just hooked. Two hours forty flew by, mm. like so quickly it just flew by. I didn't feel the length at all. I thought the casts were amazing. Um, the the whooping and the hollering was great. Did everything that I hoped it would, and um yeah I can't wait to see what they do next because like Gary said that the multiverse, oh. it multiverse is their oyster now. <laughs>
0: well obviously. obviously- uh, state of the end clearly um, yes it was it was weird because even th- uh, Wednesday morning there was still a few people who were wondering out as the credits rolled I thought have you never seen a Marvel film before what is wrong with you people <laughs> let, them let them go they're, they're clearly anti-vaxxers anti-masks they, <laughs> they don't deserve to see the next two seasons so, yeah there's one mid-credits which just irritated me uh, purely because of the character that was there yeah uh, uh, and then the end with, well, this isn't a spoiler, it's a trailer for the next Doctor Strange film. And again, it's a multiverse thing. I mean, clearly, this spins out of the, the What If uh, animated series that appeared on Disney, and you're thinking, oh, boys, you, you're just loading the toys up on the car here for me. <laughs> um, so, and obviously, it, it's it's not a spoiler to say that, obviously, this new Spider-Man also links to Sam Raimi's original trilogy, and the two Andrew Garfield spider man because of the villains we've seen in the trailer. But that's as far as I'm willing to go. But it's, it's how they interconnect. It, mm-hmm. oh, it is so spectacular, because it's all down to character and dialogue. It's not about the effects this time around. Mm-hmm. And that's
1: why I think it's such a brilliant film. Oh, boys, you've got to stop. Honestly, i will be so excited on Saturday, I'll have to wear double knickers. I'll be... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be uh, I'll be all over the shop. Oh well, brilliant! I will definitely stay. I always stay till the end, Gary. I wouldn't let you down like that. All right, I'm not one of those people also I have got uh, we also went on Twitter and we asked all of our listeners about what they thought of Spider-Man No Way Home obviously only been out for a little while but we've had a lot of um, different opinions on this which is interesting so Josh Barton um, at Barton J2410 has said the best MCU Spider-Man and amongst the best of the Spider-Man films we've had fan service done just right and amazing to have an audience react like that again for the first time since Endgame Oh, takes us back to Joe doesn't it Easy tom holland's best performance in the role to date too thank you very much we've also got um a review uh, a little opinion here from at david oscar thank you david the most fan servicey and potentially most unoriginal mcu film yet the entire thing just wants to reference memes the niche conversations of nerds on the internet and the characters of the past without developing or giving time for the new great performances but too comedic oh so uh, very divisive there very divisive but thank you very much thank you very much for your tweet. i'm a bit scared now i'm a bit scared mm. so cannot wait for that really really excited uh, but moving on now gary are you ready to play our segment it's called two truths and a lie OK, so um, we've done this with loads of guests in the past. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to tell you, Gary, three facts from uh, each of our three films this week. So one fact from for Clifford, one fact for West Side Story and one fact for Spidey. Two are true. One is a lie. And all you need okay. to tell me is which one do you think is the lie? Here we right. go. Are you, are you ready? I'll give it a go now. Oh, yes, go on. Brilliant. Excellent. You've got the moustache for it. You'll be fine. Mm. <laughs> uh, OK, fact one. James Corden was initially cast as the role of Casey in Clifford the Big Red Dog, but had to pass, pass it on due to scheduling conflicts where the role was passed on to Jack Whitehall. So that's your first fact.
2: Okay. Fact
1: two. West Side Story is Spielberg's first ever musical. And finally, fact three. Spider-Man Homecoming, Far From Home and No Way Home are the first MCU trilogy to be directed by the same person. So, those are your three facts. You've got fact one, James Corden was offered the role first, but it went to Jack Whitehall in Clifford. Fact two, West Side Story is Spielberg's first ever musical. Or fact three, that the Spider-Man trilogy um, are all the only trilogy in the MCU directed by the same person. What do you think, Gary?
0: Well, I know the second one's true because we've already discussed it, that this is Spielberg's yeah. first music. Uh, James Corden first. I can imagine James Corden being offered the part of Clifford. <laughs>
2: because <laughs> <Ooh>, he, <laughs> exactly, he's
0: he's massive
1: as well um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy i hope he's hope his parents aren't listening to this <laughs> oh i think he's he's
0: probably heard worse he's probably he'll have heard worse from you on twitter um yeah, probably. Uh, oh it's a tough one and I, I can't i can't remember who directed the first two spideys to add to this third one <sighs> i I'll go with uh, James Gordon is false. He wasn't uh, offered the part in Clifford.
1: Well, Gary, Diane, you are correct. Excellent. Well done. Well done. Yes, uh, you are correct. Uh, James Corden was not offered it. He was too busy being a rabbit, wasn't he? But he could be a dog soon. Who knows? (laughs) His acting acting career is just expanding, isn't it? So much. He's playing all the animals now, isn't he?
0: (laughs) Moby Dick next, I think.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Definitely had that down. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. Um, well done, Gary, Jochen Bauer. And yes, um, again, always a pleasure to have you on. I cannot believe it's the end of the show already, but always a pleasure to have you, Gary. Before you go, though, um, can you tell our lovely listeners where we can all find you online? Because I tell you what, your Twitter feed is the most entertaining thing of this uh, this past year. Every time I go on, there's always something uh, interesting coming up. So where can people find you online? Uh,
0: yes, uh, on Twitter, I'm just at the sleigh. Um, and it's weird, no one at BBC Radio Wales has told me to take it down or change any stuff on there, because yeah, on, <laughs> on, on air, on radio, I'm told, don't make any comments about the Tories, uh, <laughs> which is fine, because uh, always the BBC has has to have uh, 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 no bias towards anyone. But then again, we've got the BBC Newsroom. I don't get that. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yes, uh, I'm, I'm free to say what I want on Twitter, and I often do, uh, usually with a lot of colourful language thrown in as well.
1: Mm, yes colourful definitely the right word there (laughs) oh well diot gary all the best with the tour as well and radio wheels and everything and you're always welcome to come back on anytime the door's always open um joe thank you again very much uh always been a pleasure and uh, before we finish i guess it's good just to um add that we've got some exciting shows coming up for the rest of the year haven't we
2: We have indeed, so we've got our Christmas special uh, due out next week, which is going to be a Christmas carol themed, which which, which we're excited for, something a bit different to what we did last year. And then uh, also we've got our end of year show uh, due out as well, Um, that'll be out right around uh, New Year's uh, where we discuss our favourite and not-so-favourite movies of the last uh, 12 months. Mm-hmm. So excited to talk about that as well.
1: Excellent. Yeah, looking forward to that. Really, really buzzing. We'll have a couple of glasses of wine, won't we, Joe, for that one? We will. You're, me- com- you're coming festive. over.
2: You're coming over I am. to the office, uh, I am. finally, next, next Monday. Um, I'm excited. And you're off the next day, so you can always... Crash in the spare room after oh, a couple of glasses boy. of wine.
1: It's gonna be a heavy one. We're gonna say stuff on the on the recording, we're gonna to listen to you afterwards. We're not gonna be happy
2: with you. <laughs> you as are. long as I click save. Because last <laughs> year's Christmas show, I had a momentary panic where I drunk too much and I was like have I saved this show with all our guests? Yeah. <laughs> no, so as long as I don't have that minor heart attack again, I'm, I'll like, be okay.
1: Well, wine and podcasting don't always go well, do they? <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't. Oh, thank you so much again. And as always, make sure to listen to all of our old episodes. Uh, you can find us on Mixcloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and you can also follow us on social media. Um, we're on Facebook under the Dan and Joe film show. And you can also catch us on Twitter and Instagram at DJ film show uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, for our special shows coming up uh, stay safe thank you very much for listening and
2: goodbye Bye-bye. bye bye